Thank you for tuning in to Lexington Road Ministries podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to stop by. We hope you enjoy today's message. I want to talk to you about a word, enable. You know the word I'm talking about, enable? It's got a bad connotation, right? Does that have a bad connotation to you guys? When somebody says, don't enable them. You know, you're enabling them. It's used very often about us with our uh, moderately grown children. Don't enable them. Let them do for themselves. But I want to talk to you about what the Lord told me about this word today. I was praying. I said, God, what do you want me to speak on this today? And he told me, enabling the able. He very specifically wanted me to read a definition, which I very rarely do, to give someone or something the authority or means to do something. The evidence would enable us to arrive at firm conclusions. That's a way we would use that in a sentence. To give someone the authority. Here's another definition, because I put two pages down. To make it operational or to activate. Synonyms, empower, validate, give the okay to, give it a green light, give it the thumbs up. Those are synonyms to this, enable. The Lord just was talking with me about this and he said that we don't have what we need from him because we don't allow him, we don't authorize and empower him, we don't activate and operationalize him in our situations. Like we might say, Lord, give me clarity. We might say, Lord, direct my thoughts. But very often we're not saying, Lord, I'm asking you to come in in a great way and to move. Now, this is the second part, unbeknownst to me, to the last thing I spoke in here. I'm not in here, but ever so often because I'm over there. It very rarely fails that when I talk to Shauna the next morning, that it's not the exact same sermon that we're studying in the upstairs area as you guys are doing down here. So I know God is wanting to do something in us. He wants us to authorize him, to release him and let him do something. I want to read a very familiar scripture after I tell a small story. Pulled into the parking lot at at my new hairstylist area. Okay, I pulled in and I sat there and I had my Chick-fil-A in my bag and I needed to eat it because I knew it was going to be a long process. It takes a lot to do what she does. She's worth every penny. It takes a lot to do what she does. And I was sitting there eating and I realized it's time for me to go. And then I started thinking, if I don't get out She's not enabled to do what she needs to do. If I don't open my door, step out, get out, go to the door, open the door, walk in and say, I'm here to see Kira. If I don't authorize her and give her the power to do what she does, she would never be able to do it. And that is something I think that I've been lacking in my prayer times sometimes. And specifically over things that he needs to do. I can't do them. So here's what the Lord has taken me to in his word. Second Chronicles chapter seven, very familiar scripture. I'm going to read the scripture first. He said, 
I'm gonna read, it's in the Amplified. Verse 13, if I shut up the heavens so that no rain falls, or if I command locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence and plague among my people, verse 14, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. All action words, all authorization, all complete authority given. But we need to really understand that whole chapter. And I've never, I might have re referenced this before. I've never preached this scripture. And I think I've been speaking for nine years now, and I've never used this as a topic. The thing that got me as the Lord dealt with me about it, it was kind of troubling. In this same chapter, Solomon had just prayed and fire had come down at his prayer and taken up the entire offering, all of it. And the Shekinah glory had come in so greatly that the people could not enter the temple. So in the same scripture where Jesus or where God had said, but you know, I could cause the locusts to come. I could cause there to be no rain, but if my people come back. So they had had a visitation with God. He had done a great work in a very action way. They had offered sacrifice. He had received the sacrifice when the prayer had happened. It was all action. If Michael Bay, who did Transformers, came in and made this, it would be very actionized. And there would be fire, and it would be like a big blast, and the people would step back, and there would be just this great haze of the Lord, because that's what really happened. In great action way, God received the prayer and came in because he was asked. He had to ask because he laid that sacrifice down. But we say when Solomon had finished praying, that's what it said specifically. So the sacrifice was there, but until Solomon asked God to receive it and gave him authority to come down and take it, he did not. He did not. He is that gentlemanly. He won't get into your business and fix it unless you let him. He won't, he won't do it. So I can pray for Marilyn. I can pray for her in the mornings on my way to work. Shauna and I can pray for her. We can add her to things. But in, and I believe that when the friends took their friend to Jesus and dropped him down, that God moved. However, the friend was obviously still there and participating in the thing. I can pray for her, but if she does not let him fully move, he's just not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. So if I'm not praying and receiving him to move in me, he's not going to move. Now, that is a hard thing to receive. It's hard. I have to activate, empower, authorize, and give the authority to God to move in my situations. And I know you've heard that. I know you have. Again, when he showed it to me, I had got to that place and I took my key out. I was 
I put like seven fries in my mouth. I had to get on in there. And God said, unless you go in, it won't happen. And then he started adding more to how I was praying about tonight. Because you know, Nancy, if you don't ask God to give you promotion, he's not going to be the author of your promotion. If you don't ask him to give you the next thing, if you don't ask him to open doors, no man can open and close things that you don't need to be into. He's not necessarily going to do it. He's just not going to. So I, I wanted to pray about this. And I said, God, you know, Abby and I were talking on the way here. And so I took this to her. And I kind of said, you know, I'm ready for this next step in ministry when we get down to Rockcastle County. I'm ready to do these things, and we're talking, and we're, and we're being very active with it. She said, well, then I guess we need to pray for God to just show us where we're going to land. And I said, you're right. You're right. And she just said, we need to ask God if he wants us to be ministering in Williamsburg or in Rockcastle County. Abby. Abby has got what I laid out for her because I told her about what God was doing. What I need you to understand is that God wants you to ask him into all your decisions, into all your situations, into all the troubles and all the issues and all the things that are going on. He wants you to do it because you see, he told me in this to go to this next place. He said that he moved on the water all the way back in Genesis. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 of Genesis 1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. There was nothing there to prevent him from moving. He had not created man at this time in his image, in their image. So there was nothing to prevent it. He was moving. He wants to be brooding and hovering over all of our situations. He wants to be this. How do we know that? Because we know Jesus did the same thing when he walked on the water. We know that he was over the water and the water moved in response to his feet as he walked. How do we know that? Because that's the principle of the creation. When Jesus steps in, things move and are displaced. So when Jesus stepped in on the water, going to Peter and the disciples because they cried out for him, the water was displaced and he got there. Because they cried out and invited him into their situation. I believe God would have delivered them because he had a purpose for them. But when they cried out, Lord, Lord, he was there. We know that when Peter was asked to step in, if you say, I can, Lord, I'll come. He had to ask Jesus because Jesus didn't instigate that. He didn't say, I'm going to ask you, Peter, to step into greater faith right now. Peter, I want you to sit down right here on the boat and let me teach you about faith. I'm going to say to you when you ask me, come. I'm going to say, come. And so Peter stepped out. But he wouldn't have had that if he hadn't have asked. So... 
The Lord is a mover. He displaces the earthly when he steps into it. He told me that he is receptive to us. And this is Psalms 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. He's receptive to us. He told me that he rescues us in verse 17 of chapter 34 in Psalms. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their distresses and troubles. He says in verse 18 that he is near. The Lord is near to the heartbroken and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Those are promises and actions. You know, I like that about God, that he's an action God. He's not a behind-the-scenes only kind of God. He's not just a director, but he's an integral part of our lives when we allow him to be. He is a provider. Psalms 37, 25 says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. That doesn't mean that it's not the last crumb of bread before he moves. That means that he has never seen when they've been invited in that he doesn't move. Now, I'm going to say, we can do a lot of things. Like, I can look around here and we can come up with a lot of things. So, if I hit a financial trouble, I could come and I could say, I want you to help me. I'm having trouble with this and I really believe God wants me to do this. I could bypass God completely. I could come to five people and we could get together and we could have a massive yard sale. That is, that's work of my hands and that's okay. But why did I not stop and pray first? God may not have wanted that. He may have wanted me to wait a season and pray and believe and ask him to come in. I'm saying that because, you know, I go all the time. I go and grab an ibuprofen. Anybody else? When you have a little ache or a pain. In this last two weeks, God has asked me not to. It's been a challenge. I'm, I didn't know it was in preparation for today. I just know I would get up and only occasionally was I allowed to do that. Like It was like in the morning I had a headache. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab one. God said, no. So I prayed and my headache went away. Okay? I didn't have to take that. My back was hurting really bad after a long day of work, and I thought, I'm going to grab an ibuprofen. And I, and I like, I retched for them, and no, don't. I prayed. I prayed, and it didn't happen immediately, but it wasn't very long till I noticed some difference in my back, and I could tolerate it. I believe God was saying, I'm not going to touch you until you pray and ask me to do so. So you've bypassed me and gone to every other thing you know to fix what's going on instead of coming to me and allowing me to be active in your situation. Now, it may not, this may not be for you all. Maybe no one else here does that. And maybe you're seeing the revolution and evolution of Christina Petrie to a new place in the Lord. And that's great. If that's true, that's cheer me on. I'm saying to you, I realize that I have lived so poor because I'm doing so much on my own when God just wants me to open the door. 
I've lived so below what God wanted me to, and I love him so much, and I've thanked him for everything. I can tell you honestly, I've said before, after I've taken a medicine, thank you, God, for this medicine and how good it works, and didn't think to pray about it before I took it. I don't know what was going on in my mind. I think I'm so nursy that I sometimes just go right back to what I learned in school. But I need to know what I learned from the time I was sitting at my granny's feet. And she sang to me of grace and mercy and healing and blood. I need to go back to that and remember those things before I remember the other things. This is just simple, old-fashioned teaching. But it's revelation to me because I'm ready to receive it. I hope you're ready to receive the fact that he's provider. He says that he has our provision, 2 Peter 1 and 3, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. I love that. Absolutely. He is the provision. He said that he heals in Isaiah 58 and 8. Then your light will break out like the dawn and your healing, restoration, and new life will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Oh my goodness, he guards. He heals, he guards, he provides, he has provision. He delivers. Psalms 32 and 7. You are my hiding place. You, Lord, protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Selah. You surround me. He surrounds me? I know that just before this in Psalms 32, it speaks of how David calls out to the Lord. And then this is his testimony. You surrounded me. See, God didn't do it until David asked. So if you go to the book of Psalms and you start at the first, there's hardly a place where you're not going to read that David inquired of God and then God answered. And David inquired of God and God answered. And David inquired of God and he said how desperate he was and how his enemies were all around him and God delivered again and again and again and again. We are not activating God. Now, it's not a chemistry experiment where we take sodium and water and we blow things up. But he's a God who will not step in till we ask. He's the provider, but only when you ask him for provision. He's the deliverer, but only when you ask him to come in. He's the one who saves, but only when you ask him to forgive you. In Psalm 67, 2, that your way be, may be known on earth, your salvation and deliverance among all nations. That's what David said to our God, our Father. And again, he gives plenty. In Psalms 147.8, he said, Who covers the heavens with clouds? Who provides rain for the earth? Who makes grass grow on the mountains? He gives plenty. That being said, it said that the grass does not toil. It said that the, that the birds, they are fed because there's plenty. It tells me that our key is to keep seeking. And our key is to keep asking. 
it's in there. Jesus told them, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. But we're pretty hard-headed. What we really probably need to knock on is this. I'm really hard-headed. I'm super stubborn. I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old. 12 years old. But yet I'm still learning things like a brand new baby all the time in him. It's because he's so merciful. Because he knew I couldn't do everything at one time. He's teaching me over and over and over his precepts. I just think that we have to give him the ability to move in our lives to get in there. So I'm going to tell you a story about Amazon. If you order Amazon Prime, something from Amazon Prime, they put it in that little van and they bring it to your house. And for me, they set it on my stoop, like the, on, my, on my porch. And they set it in this very specific place that we've authorized them to set it. I've never authorized them to open our garage and put it in the garage. I've never authorized them to come into my home and set it up on the side. The little joke is that Amazon says, oh yeah, I've already programmed it. It's, it's hanging up in your room. You know, it's none of that. We never authorized them to do that, so they don't do it. If Amazon won't do what I won't let it, then I'm pretty certain God is more faithful and more honorable than them. He's not going to come into your home and make your path straight unless you ask him to make your path straight. So we need to get past just physical needs and other things. We need to ask spiritual things. We need to say, God, you know, I've noticed I've stopped growing as much. Physically, I might be growing just fine, right? I'm still growing. I'm expanding my borders. The prayer of Jabez went way off for me. So, you know, that's, I'm going to have a diet group someday. It's going to call it the, the anti-Jabezers. That's what we're going to call it. Don't forget Weight Watchers. The app will be Stop Eating. Don't pray Jabez. So, but the thing is, is we are doing these things. We're always just surviving spiritually. I don't want to just survive. I want to, to be joyful and more peaceful than I was before. And I want to be more free in him. You know, because I carry the freedom with me. I carry him with me. And if you're not feeling that, if you're feeling like your growth has been stunted, maybe that is the key to unlocking it. He's still the provider of our spiritual needs. He's still the deliverer from spiritual chains and things that bind us. He's still the one who heals the brokenhearted, not just the physical ailments. And if you, it's been a while since you've experienced that spiritual growth or that next stage, that next stage of sanctification. Sanctification is not just I have arrived. Sanctification is a daily choice. When you put on your spiritual robe in the morning, you know, we used to sing a song, I took off the old robe and put on the new you know, two robes before me, which one am I going to choose? I think that's a daily thing. Every day you get up and you say, I choose you, God. 
But then I think you also say, I choose to let you do in me the things that you want to do in me. I choose to allow you to mature me in your ways. I choose to not pray against the growth that you've placed in front of me. And I've heard that preached right here. Praying against the very thing that's teaching us. Sometimes you have to say, God, help me to endure until you bring me to the next place. It's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, I know I'm not the only person who's had specific needs that you've prayed for. Not six months, not nine months, not 12 months, but much longer than that. And yes, sometimes you're going to get weak and you're going to say, God, are you going to give me relief? It's been a season. But, you know, maybe my blessing is elephant-sized. Maybe it's a tree's worth. Because, you know, if I plant an apple tree today, I'm not going to have apples in the fall. Maybe he's planting in me something that's got deep roots that takes a while to mature. Maybe I need to realize that because, you know, we always talk about, well, I'm going to plant corn and I'm going to reap corn. I'm going to plant tomatoes and I'm going to reap them. Those are instantaneous almost. Just like you throw out some lettuce in the spring and it comes right up and you eat it right up and then a couple weeks. Not everything is a lettuce. Sometimes you get something that's pecan trees and, and walnuts and it takes a while to grow those things up. Maybe he's growing you into a deep-rooted tree. That doesn't come easy. That's not an easy thing. There's a lot of work in that tree. If you've ever seen one over time grow, you can appreciate it. I remember we planted an apple tree. Oh, my goodness. It was so little. It really probably shouldn't have lived that first year. We planted it, and my mom was like watering it, fertilizing it, uh, natural fertilizer, you know, watering it in the drought. She was piling on stuff. She banked up around it. The next year, it looked about the same. But the other day, I was down by my brother's house. He lives in our old house. That tree is beautiful. It's beautiful. Last year, it maybe had, I don't know, 200, 300 apples on it. But for the first 10 years of its existence, there wasn't much fruit to it. It struggled a lot. There was a lot of times my mom would be like, I think it's got a blight. Let's go out and check it out and look at it and pull the bark back and see what's going on. And, you know, try to get that because it was, it was something from her past, from the farm that she brought forward. She wanted it to live. It was investable. She tried to work on it. She finally got it to live, but she never got to see the fruit like my brother did. Maybe that's us. I don't want just a lettuce existence. I don't live on just lettuce. I want some protein. I want more. I want deeper, bigger, more valuable growth in God. And if it takes 40 more years... I'm, I want that. His investment in me, I want it to be a worthy investment. When Jesus applied the blood to my life, I don't ever want him to look and say, that was not a good investment. I want him to say, that was worth it. And maybe it takes me a while to get there. 
I'm never going to say I have arrived because I feel like every day I learn more. Every day I can get up and see, read the same scripture and get something brand new from it. He feeds me so good if I'll receive it. Sister Loretta, as we come up, I want you to think about an area in your life, and I'd like you all to pray about it, in your life where maybe you have not enabled the able, where you haven't allowed God to step in and maybe he's just been waiting for an invitation. So when you come up today, I'd like you to pray about that. And if you've not been there, if you are at that place where you're not, and I'm thinking there's probably a lot of people who are not there, and that's wonderful. Pray for the young people of our church because this is a hard lesson to learn. Pray for them. They're going to be going to Winterfest and they get this great big high and then they come back and it's hard because they've not learned that steadfastness in the Lord is more than the ups and downs. There's drought times and there's plenty times. When you're there surrounded by people all praising God, it's real easy to get in that place where you can praise God. But when you come home and life is not easy, then they have to learn that. Let's pray for them, that they learn to ask God to move and intervene and to be a part of their lives early on. Early on. We teach them to go to people if they've been hurt, if someone's hurting them. But do we teach them to go to God with all of their needs and concerns? Maybe that's something we need to have very good conversations with them about. I've learned that unless I say very explicitly, get the laundry out of the dryer before you put the wet clothes in, then it doesn't always happen that way. Say, put the clothes from the washer in the dryer. Sure. But I come home and they're all wet. I have to say very explicitly, take the old clothes out, put them in a basket, set them to the side. Take the wet ones out, stick them in there, put a dryer sheet in it, turn it on to 70 minutes, and press start. I've had to say that very explicitly. That means maybe I'm not doing enough on how I teach my children to be with God. Because I say, just pray. I try to model prayer. I try to be very conscious of that. This morning, after I'd already prayed about what I'm preaching, I asked ask Abby what was going on today. She said, we have a test today, a practice test for K-Prep. So I wanted her to see what God had revealed to me this morning when I was praying really early before the bus ran. And I said, okay, let's pray. I said, Father, Lord, we ask that you would help Abby today and allow her to think through the questions that are in front of her well. Let her use the knowledge and the wisdom you gave her. Lord, give her peace as she sat there. I talked through all the areas I wanted God to move in her. And she prayed with me and I tried to model that. But tonight, on the way home, I'm going to come back and I'm going to follow up with that. I'm going to say, do you remember how we prayed this morning? I prayed like that because I want you to ask God to be involved. I'm going to do a follow-up because I think I've not been doing that well. I just think I've not been doing that well because I'm just learning. So we need to have these conversations. So pray for the young. Pray
Pray for ourselves. Pray for the church. We're going to be going through great and awesome things in our church. We have a lot to be thankful for. But he won't step in if we don't ask him. Let's come up and pray.